0: Chris Strouser has officially been announced as the Houston Texans next offensive line coach. And Derek Stingley out there uh, trying to get players to come to Houston, scouting a little bit, recruiting. Does Patrick Queen in Houston make sense? And to tie it all in, we want to develop a great team here that we can deliver wins to the city of Houston. We want to deliver a championship here to the city of Houston, and that's what, it, that's what it'll be about.
1: You are Locked On Texans, your daily Houston Texans podcast,
0: part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome everybody to a Friday episode of the Locked On Texans podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of the NFL. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. I'm John Hickman. Of course, I'm joined by none other than Cody Davis. Had an opportunity to stop by Minute Maid Park on Thursday night to go Mm -hmm. catch out the Cactus Jack Travis Scout uh, Foundation where they uh, had a celebrity softball game. And the proceeds of that Celebrity Softball game goes to the foundation. I forgot the name of the foundation, but for HBCUs. Uh, it's pretty dope, man. It's, it's pretty dope when you're able to get old enough to watch your favorite athletes get old enough. <laughs> and T-Mac is one of Cody and I's favorite basketball players of all time. We and Cody have a lot of similarities. Before we got to talking to the Texans, right. And then uh, you see T-Mac, he hits, I think, a home run.
1: No, he hit a, 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 oh, a it double. In,
0: it was a double. a double. He hits a double. T-Mac could have ran for <laughs> the home run. And I, and, I, and I watched him. This is how I know T-Mac is just in the motion. I thought T-Mac was going to need a life alert, by, by the way. He ran last night at that, at that softball game. But it's pretty cool. Fans came out. Uh, you know, I was out there with the school district. And so to see those athletes put on the show for an HBCU foundation was pretty dope. Happy Black History Month. I am Black History. Let's talk about the Houston Texans. Chris Strouser has officially been been announced as the next offensive line coach for Houston. And as much as I like George Warhop, I thought George Warhop is a casualty simply because he was a part of a, a, a coaching staff that just wasn't good. I thought that George Warhop was a better position coach than considerably a lot of the position coaches last year. I'll look at George Warhop, uh, uh, Danny Barrett, Dino Vasso, and Joe Dana. And uh, Vasso is still on the coaching staff right now. Uh, Joe Dana is in Buffalo, and Danny Barrett is still here. I thought George Warhop did a fairly good job of helping out Titus Howard. Uh, just had a rookie offensive guard in Keon Green. Had a lot of issues with the center position. Three centers played for Houston last year. And he also had two guards in a throughout the season as well. Just a lot of inconsistency due to health and, you know, just a brist stepping away. And, and he was a guy that I thought Houston may have looked at bringing back. However, Chris Strauser is coming from Indianapolis, spent about three to four seasons there. And immediately you got to look at, and I hate it's going to happen, and I don't think it's fair to the young man, but can Kenyon Green come close? to what Quentin Nelson is uh, for the Indianapolis coach, especially when he's healthy. And I think that's the biggest grab when you look at um, Chris Trouser right now. Can he get Kenyon Green to somewhat of a stratosphere level of what Quentin Nelson is as, as a left guard? And when you look at that, now you think to yourself, well, okay, that is a smart decision. I think your tackles are locked in, right? And if he can get one guard right coming in for a full offseason, then I presume he'll get another guard right at the right guard position and center position. Get these guys coast up at the in, in the interior spot for the O-line simply because that was the weakness. I mean, we go back and replay the Deron Payne, Jonathan Allen, just abusing the interior offensive line for Houston this past season. So Chris Strauser is in, George Warhop is out, and I think that this was a good decision although I thought George Warhol should have gotten another year.
1: Yeah. Um, you already know how I feel about George Warhol. Um, I think we talked about this a couple of days ago on the show. I would have preferred for the Texans to keep him around. You know, you know, my motto, John, as a coach, I want to see if you can do more with less and given every, all of the in- inconsistencies that went on with the offensive line last year, um, especially more so in the, in, in the interior, because you already knew what you was working with, with your tackles on both sides. Um, I would like to say that George Warhol did a pretty decent, a pretty fair, and in some instances, a good job in terms of how prepared and the solid performance that 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 offensive line gave, especially in those interiors. But, you know, you you say something that I want to, like, kind of look at a little bit more, and that's Keon Green. Uh, You already know I am one that is going to give Keon Green a pass for his performance last year because he was a rookie not only was he a rookie he a rookie that missed majority of training camp he's a rookie that went through several nagging injuries throughout his rookie season and he's a rookie that probably went through what the the, the hardest learning curve of like majority of all rookie offensive linemen we take a look at that gauntlet of defensive lines that he had to battle especially midway through the season um, but what I would say is, if Keon Green stays healthy, you know, and for me, health is the biggest factor into all this. If Keon Green stay, stays healthy, we're going to have to start putting some type of expectations on him. I know yeah. you say it's unfair, but at the end of the day, you're still looking at a guy who's a first-round pick, a, a pretty high first-round pick if you ask me, and at some point, he needs to start living up to that expectation. Now, Will Chris come in and help him get to that level? I really don't know as of right now, but what I will say is this. If Chris comes in, And get Keon Green close to the expectations that a lot of people have for him, including myself, because I do believe his potential is to be one of the best offensive linemen in the league. And of course, I'm talking like five, six years down the line when you start looking at Keon Green as a veteran. But in terms for him to start coming close to reaching that potential, he's going to have to learn how to get accustomed to the NFL like you say, you need to get a, get away from that little boy's strength and pick up some grown man strength, and he's going to have to really get his skill set to the next level. I have a lot of confidence. I have a lot of um, um faith in Keon Green. I do believe that young man is going to be okay. Um, I had an opportunity to talk to him a couple of weeks ago when he took the first shot for the Houston Rockets. He said that he's already in off-season mode. He's been getting his body and everything together, so that's a good thing. But as long as he stays healthy – Starting next season, I I want to see the talent that made Nick Osirio make him a first round pick. And I, and I'll say
0: this before we move on, Houston did have one of the healthier teams last year. Mm-hmm. Um, the Colts did not. When you look at the you know rotating offensive line, we talked about it a couple of days ago. Uh, through the first I think nine or ten games of the season, they had already allowed thirty three sacks. You know, once they were able to to get a stable unit. Then that sack number decreased from 33 to 27. The end of the year was 60, but again, half of that, more than half of that was at the beginning of the year. So for Chris Strouser to come in, I think the reason why it was easy for Indy to move on from him was because you know this past season wasn't good, but we also wasn't healthy enough to get a stable unit out on that field. I believe that'll be different for Houston. And I I believe that at the very least you will have Titus Howard, Lam Tunsil, and now Kenyon Green in offseason mode already learning and growing. That will help with the stabilization of this offensive line. Moving forward, now Houston has to figure out what they want to do at the center position and what they want to do at the right guard position. Does it make sense to go vet rookie or vet vet or however you want to do it? But it is important for Houston to make sure that they prioritize it, whether that's a free agency or the draft, in order for, to give Chris Strausser everything he needs in this first year to make this offensive line go. Because if they are healthy, now we look at how are they developing. If they're on the field, we want to see them get better, of course. And I think that that is why Houston brought him in. They saw how he was able to work with a healthy offensive line in Indy. That the year prior to last year, how the league league leading running back uh, didn't give up a lot of sacks. Like That offensive line was crazy good last year. This upcoming this past year, excuse me, uh, the year before last, they were crazy good. This past year, they just had a, a lot of injuries and rotating and didn't know how to, you know, combat that.
1: And I want to mention this before moving on. I don't want to talk about this too too much because we just did a couple weeks ago, but this is why it's important for Nick Sirianni and the Texans to make sure that they take care of Laramie Tunsil and Titus Howard this offseason. I don't want to get to the point where we start talking about or one of those guys, especially, um, Titus Howard more so, or one of these guys are going to, you know, be at training camp and all this other stuff, do the contract stuff. No, make sure you take care of your two guys, because once again, if you go out there and you draft Bryce and CJ, you want to put them in the best situation, putting them in a better situation, or the best situation that you can as a rookie quarterback means you have a solid offensive line, which means you have some damn good tackles already established. The
0: NFL season is over and the midway point of the NBA is here. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Listen, new customers right now get the no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Download the FanDuel app right now. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from the money lines to point spreads to three-point drain, plus FanDuel lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with same game parlays. Don't miss out on a chance on your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to fanduel.com slash locked on. That's fanduel.com slash locked on to learn more.
1: Welcome back in, ladies and gentlemen, to this Friday installment of Locked On Texans and There's a lot of drama surrounding the Baltimore Ravens as of right now. Everyone knows the biggest storyline, you know, whether or not they're going to pay Lamar Jackson, will Lamar Jackson get traded. Now we talked about it a lot here on this show, the possibility or the fun possibility of having Lamar Jackson here in the city of Houston, you know, regardless of what's going on, that is the biggest story surrounding the Ravens as of right now. However, there is another storyline I think is really important and possibly more realistic for not only fans and, and, and Raven fans and, you know, potential suitors like the Houston Texans to keep their eyes set on. And that's the situation regard regarding um, Patrick queen at this very moment. As of right now, The Baltimore Ravens have until, I believe, May 1st to decide whether or not they're going to pick up his fifth year option on his contract. And look, we in 2023. So we got to start paying attention to what players say and post and and take away from social media. I mean, we just did not too long ago with not only the Houston Texans, but the Houston Rockets as well. Players start showing signs that they are potentially unhappy or they, or they might want out when they start deleting everything off of social media regarding to their current team. Patrick has already done it. And however, his former teammate who put together one of if not the best or helped the best defensive team of all time at LSU in 2019, you already know that championship team, um, Derek Stanley reached out to Patrick on Twitter. Hey, we got something special down here in Houston for you. And what did Patrick re- we respond with some eye emojis? Now, John, with all that being said, would you or would you not like to see Nick Osirio dive into his draft capital and create a trade package in order to get Patrick Queen to the city of Houston? And by the way, this is one of the, you know, rising linebackers in the league. Keep that in mind.
0: This is going to sound so cliche, but if D'Amico Ryan really thinks he's a a good piece, (laughs) if if D'Amico says, yeah, I think he's a player that can come in right now and I can, he's already a good player. One Mm -hmm. uh, offensive rookie, defensive rookie of the year, Mm -hmm. uh, last year, five sacks. Only had nine missed tackles. Uh, and he brought a lot of those bad numbers down. He
1: picked wait, a lot wait, of those wait. good numbers. How, up. Man, how, how many missed tackles? Nine. Okay, I, I just wanted to I just want you to repeat that because you know, last couple of years, you know, tackling it's been an issue been here an issue in the him. city of Houston.
0: <laughs> and he brought a lot of those bad numbers down, like his rookie year, 21 missed tackles. Last uh season in 2021, 14. This past season, nine. Uh, total tackles 108 98 117 sacks 3 2 and 5 uh you know when i look at it, you know going on the blitz that was the second highest he had last year was 64 when i look at what he was able to do in pass coverage only allowed 7 yards per target 9 yards per completion 464 yards but he didn't allow a touchdown his rookie year three touchdowns allowed Sophomore year, two touchdowns allowed. Junior year, now he's a vet, no touchdowns allowed. So he is a two interceptions this past year. He is a, he's this guy who's improved. And if 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 Demico Ryan comes in and say, you know what, we gotta address our linebacker position. But hmm. what if we can address it by using a uh, one of our picks, maybe in that third round, maybe in our fourth round, or we can trade that we were hmm. ideally probably going to project to get one of. Those linebackers in the draft, I don't know where they you know, rank the linebackers right now, but what if we can use that pick to go ahead and bring in a player that we see fit being good right now for our system? Now, when I look at the Baltimore Ravens and the defense that they ran last year compared to the excuse me, the San Francisco 49ers, I'm not 100% sure how Patrick Queen would fit. And then I look at how Patrick Queen would fit next to Christian Harris. Mm. I do think that they do a lot of the same things, and they are in many ways very similar as a player. But again, if D'Amico says I can make it work, and I feel like he's a player that you know, of course, we got to get a deal done with him at some point soon, and that uh-huh. may hinder it because we got to get a deal done with Tigers Howard. We got to get a deal done mm. with Larry Tunsil. Now we got to get a deal done with Patrick Queen. At some point, we got to use some money and some of our cap space to sign players. I don't know how much of that money he, they would like to take on right now, but the good thing about it is, outside of Larry Tunsil's, you know, prediction of what he wants of his money, you wouldn't have to worry about a major co- quarterback contract. So maybe hmm. it'll be worth it. Yeah, it is. True. But it all really does come down to whether or not Domingo Ryan's and Nick Casario is on the same page. Let's go back to what Nick Casario said early in the press conference this year after Lovey Smith was fired before they even hired Demico Ryans. We, it's a we thing, and I think that this is the perfect case. Do you think he can help your defense out? Yeah, I do. Do you think he's worth it and we can afford it for the future as we try to build a roster? I think we can make some things work after they move around some contracts and get off of some of those guys. So I don't have a dog in this fight. Hmm. My dog in this fight is whether or not those two pages can get on the same; those two parties can get on the same page and make it work. I think Patrick Queen is a hell of a young linebacker. Uh, I would love to see what D'Amico could probably do with Queen and Harris together on that field. Um, and again, he's improved uh, in damn near every good category that you want him to improve in. So he's a player that I think would make sense. Um but where do Namiko and Nick Casario stand on that in terms of playing on the field and money? Today's episode is brought to you by Ultimate Football GM. If you've ever dreamed of becoming an NFL GM and managing your own football franchise, then this game is definitely for you. To download the game, just visit ultimate-gm.com. Look it up on the App Store or check it out online. Our listeners get a 100% free boost to their franchise whenever they use promo code Locked On. Make sure you use that code in all caps in the game. Again, that's Locked On all caps in the game, at ultimate-gm.com, or you can find it on the app stores. Welcome back in Locked On Texans listeners and viewers. Welcome back to the show. We will dive into the YouTube comments. I know twice for one week. We got a lot, a man. Lot. That's why <laughs> it's it's a lot. It's a lot. We're gonna to get to a little bit today. A few today. Russell Richardson said the Texans better find a pass rush. This was on the podcast where we discussed the confirmation that the Texans will draft their quarterback at number two overall. Pass rush, Cody.
1: Um, I'm not opposed to it, but it's only because this team needs a good. On a potential really good franchise quarterback, and you have an opportunity to pick not one, but two of these guys. You have two choices, and that's why at number two, or if they trade up to number one, which I highly doubt they will, your first pick gotta be Bryce or CJ. No ifs and buts about it. Um, there's still talent on this defensive front, and and look, I understand. This draft has a lot of potential on the defensive side of the ball, but I don't think it's worth passing up a quarterback that could potentially be your next franchise quarterback if everything goes right, of course, with his development and health and everything else that that goes in between, whether or not these players live up to their expectations. So
0: on that same podcast on that show, man, Alex Hernandez really got it popping <laughs> in, the, uh, in the comments, man. So my man, Alex Hernandez, if you are watching this show, shout out to Alex Hernandez and shout out to everybody that thinks differently from the other person. Doesn't mean you're always right. Doesn't mean you are, you know, some philosophical genius. In this <laughs> but you do think different, and I respect that. So my man, Alex Hernandez, said the Texans need to stay away from Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud. I'd rather them draft Anderson at two, Hyatt at 12, and Henner or Hooker at 33. Best player available from there on out. Now, this is where it gets fun. Cat 8 replies. (laughs) Your mom's boyfriend said, you sound crazy. You must be a Davis Mills fan. My man Jalen Johnson, 0339. Yeah, nah. Miles, (laughs) Miles and that cognac, dude, You're crazy. They don't need any more projects on their plate. Uh, My man Jeffrey Smith said, just nah, bro. Uh, Let's see. Sarah McCoy, one of my Mm -mm. (laughs) friends. She said, we need a good young quarterback more than we need an edge rusher at this point. Hyatt is not good enough. It's not a good enough receiver to merit using the number 12 overall pick on. And I disagree with that, Sarah. I believe Jalen Hyatt is better than Quentin Johnson from TCU. That's just my mm. thought. I can't wait to talk about the wide receivers next week. And then she also continued with Henner and Hooker are project quarterbacks at best. Most likely will be an NFL quarterback or stars in the USFL or XFL. Wow. Alex, I know you are well intentioned, <laughs> but these picks of yours are just not very good. Also, Hooker will be 26 before the start of the 2023 season. A 26-year-old rookie? Yeah. Alex, (laughs) shout out to you for thinking different. Uh, I I rarely say things like this, but, man, that is a god-awful idea. (laughs)
1: I mean I, I get where he's coming from but I do want him to go back and let us know whether or not if he's a Davis Mills fan or if he still believes in Davis Mills mm-hmm. um you know we we talk a lot about players that the Houston Texans already have especially these young players um over the last two years the potential that we see the potential that we think they have and they couldn't live up to their expectations due to the inabilities of the coaching staff and you know, I do wonder at times, you know, how much of, of the struggles that we saw at Davis Mills last year was more so him just not being very good, or was it more so the coaching staff? And I hate to say this, unfortunately, Pep Hamilton, um, not putting Davis Mills in a position. Stop to stop hating no, the no, stuff. No, because stop I only said I only stuff. say I hate just to say, say it because it's hard to get a true evaluation of these coaches here in the city of Houston. I.e., the Rockets, when they don't have the talent or they don't have the appropriate team to really do something. That's why I say, I hate to say. It. That's why when Man, we talk about the potentials of, of firing Lovey Smith and and, and not bringing back Pape Hamilton, and of course, the god awful foolishness that's going on with the Rockets right now, I find it hard to believe as an analyst, as a journalist, to get a full evaluation of the coaching staff when your general managers keep putting these coaches in a terrible position. And that's why I say I wonder if the struggles we've seen out of Davis Mills was more so him just being not good, or was it because he didn't have the right coaches around him? But I'm not saying that just to say, you know, they should stick with Davis Mills for another season. But if that is your guy's point of making that comment, then I would say I understand it. But at the end of the day, even – the pinnacle where Davis Mills can be in the NFL, I don't think comes close to what CJ or Bryce could be in the NFL.
0: Man, my last one, my man Benny O on the podcast where we talked about the number one spot, should Houston, um, what, what's podcast podcast? Should Houston be concerned about the Colts trading up? My man Benny O asked us, how do y'all feel about Deuce Vaughn from Kansas State as a late pick or undrafted? Well, Benny O, I don't think Deuce Vaughn will go undrafted. I think Deuce Vaughn is one of those. He may may sneak into the later part of the second round, but I think he's a third or fourth round pick, and I'm going to be completely honest with you. So listen up. I love Deuce Vaughn. I love the idea of Deuce Vaughn in Houston. I And, I, and I'll tell you why. Deuce Vaughn, to me, is a good enough runner and an athletic enough out of the backfield I forgot who he was talking to, but they also made this point, and I didn't want to say it, but he kind of reminds me of Darren Sproles. And if he reminds me of Darren Sproles, then he kind of reminds me of Austin Eckler. I would love Deuce Vaughn in Houston. I've been looking at Deuce Vaughn in Houston for a very long time, that possibility for a very long time. And I think that if Houston can get him late, that would be a great decision. Somebody else also made the argument that it's important to invest in the running back backfield. You don't want to run Damian Pierce into the ground. I absolutely agree. I just don't think it should be B. John Robinson with the 12th overall pick. <laughs> and, uh, if you guys really know me, you know, I don't want Bijan John Robinson to come here, but overall he's just he, Houston is not a running back away. And B. John is one of those players that it's for teams that could possibly have running back away or, a a, a, a team that's kind of put together right now and they're missing a few pieces. Houston really needs to invest into their wide receiver position more than they need to invest into their running back position. They have a running back for the future. They currently do not have a wide receiver for the future, regardless of how anybody feels, about the return of John Messi once he gets on the field, about the possibility of Nico Collins with a better quarterback play. They currently do not have a wide receiver for the future. They need that. And I think that can be addressed with the over with the number 12 overall pick. Thank you guys for checking out today's show. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at Locked On Texans. Follow me on Twitter at John underscore Hickman12. You see it. If you see it, you should follow. Then make sure you scroll over to YouTube as well. Type that locked on Texan in. Subscribe, like, and as always, make sure y'all comment.
1: And as always, I'm your host, Cody M. Davis. Please remember to follow me on Twitter at CodyDavis underscore 24. Once again, that's Cody, C-O-T-Y-D-A-V-I-S underscore 24. Until next time, ladies and gentlemen, peace.